Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. It's May 2022 and Driving for Better Business is focusing on sustainability this month, so it seems a great idea to invite Paul Kirby onto a special edition of the Let's Talk Fleet Risk podcast. Now, Paul's known as one of the uh, best-known experts on electric LCVs. He's got over 30 years in the automotive sector. He's one of the founders of the EV Cafe and can be seen advocating for electric vans at many of the commercial vehicle shows and conferences. And Paul's also the founder of consultancy and training firm EV Essentials. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Simon, and thank you so much for the uh, the very generous and, and very erudite uh, uh, introduction. Appreciate that. That's quite all right. Now, Paul, you've got something in common with another podcast guest we had this month, National Grid Fleet Manager Lorna McAteer. You were both crowned uh, Green Fleet Champions, I believe, at last year's Green Fleet Awards. What, what's yes. fired up your passion for electric vehicles and especially electric vans? Well, it's a, it's a really good point. I first drove a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter electric vehicle in 2004. And um, I mean, you know, when you think about how long it's taken for that vehicle to get here, it's, uh, it's quite incredible. But really, having driven electric vehicles over the last um, sort of 10, 15, nearly 20 years, um, what I've noticed is that they are such a better environment to be in. And and. When, when I was working at LeasePlan, I, the, the company became a member of the EV100, um, which is a, a sort of a, a group, a conglomerate of businesses all committed to net zero by 2030. And the, um, that sort of passion in me grew to sort of help people because I'm, one, I saw the environmental benefit, but I also saw the, um, the driver benefit because I'm... I'm a great believer in really positive mental health and really helping people to have a good experience in their cars. Cause you know, we know cars and vans, I should say, gosh, even me saying the word car, dear me. Um, but uh, when you think about the drives behind the wheel of a van, um, often they have a bad reputation and, and all of that sort of stuff. But the main reason I believe for that is the stress and pressure that they're under in terms of deliveries and things like that. I think electric vehicles do take a lot of that away and it's a much, much better experience for the driver. And then ultimately, actually, I believe the electric vehicles are safer to drive on the road than um, than their diesel or petrol counterparts. So th- th- there's a number of reasons, really, but it's all really focused around uh, getting the job done uh, in a safer, more efficient fashion that's good for the driver. You mentioned there that you believe EVs are safer to drive. Why, why do you think that? Well, having driven uh, vans of, of all, all shapes and sizes over the years, um, if you're sitting behind the wheel of a, a diesel vehicle with a gear stick and you're trying to pull out into a busy roundabout, which, because let's be honest, our, our vehicles are operating in busy city centres or towns, uh, pulling out from junctions with varying loads on. And, and what, what the electric vehicle gives you is a point and shoot. It allows you to just, you don't have to worry about changing gears or being in the right gear at any given time. You can, uh, both hands on the steering wheel, turn into the gaps that, that you find. Whereas the diesel vehicle, you're having to do a number of different things. You could be in the wrong gear for the weight that you've got in the back and, and so on like that. So 
that was the first thing. And I think also we drive a little bit more carefully when we're in an electric vehicle because we're conscious of preserving the range. Um, but also I think we are more relaxed. And a study was done on London taxi drivers that said they were uh, happier, which is interesting. They were calmer and more focused uh, on, when, when behind the wheel of their electric LEVC, uh, these uh, sort of range extended electric vehicles. Um, they were delivering, you know, a, a much better experience. And so that, uh, the, those are the main reasons that I believe it's uh, safer to be driving the wheel behind the wheel of an electric vehicle. Yeah, the, I mean, the well-being thing is is an interesting point as well, because we've done a lot of work with the charity Calm. It's van mm. drivers are um, predominantly male. Calm is a charity predominantly aimed at, at sort of preventing male suicide. And mm. it can be a very lonely um, existence, can't it? Uh, and so making that environment nicer um, and the electric vehicles I've sat in, certainly pleasant places to sit and, uh, and, and nice things to drive. So it, it's probably an underestimated benefit or an under. I agree with you completely, Simon. And Calm, you know, the campaign against living miserably. And I love that acronym. I think it's 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 such a, a really kind of does what it says it does on the tin kind of description. Um, I, I love that that charity and the focus, uh, and particularly when you think about the you know the suicide rates of men, it's, it's the biggest killer of men under forty years old, I think. Um, and and men are our predominant um, driver population, so the fact that there are well being benefits of driving electric vehicles, and again, I think it points to getting the drivers engaged early on in 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 any approach that we take to electric vehicles because they will stand to benefit yeah um i mean the other point when we're talking about it's a safer thing to drive when i spoke to lorna who runs obviously you know one of the biggest fleets in the uh, yeah. country i'd expected her transition to electric vehicles to uh, have seen possibly an increase in collisions as people got used to a new experience but actually mm. her experience was that people were more cautious uh, and uh, and drove safer and possibly a, a bit of you know making sure that the charge lasted as long as they could they drove yeah. safely and actually her collision rate went down has that been your experience with some of the fleets you talked to yeah, so I mean, what what we know is that the as I said, the vehicles are are typically um, easier to drive. Uh, the drivers are calmer. That you know that whole ecosystem works well, and insurers are even saying that you're twenty five percent less likely to be involved in an accident in an electric vehicle, um, and and that the, their experience is is mirrored everything that Lorna has said, and and I wouldn't disagree with any of it. I. I would uh, suggest that that is absolutely the case. And anybody that I've uh, come across driving electric vans are finding it a, a positive experience. But I will say that getting the driver engaged in the first place will make or break that transition because we, we also hear stories of, particularly in the early stages when vehicles are demonstrated and um, drivers take them out into the big wide world and, and, and are very nervous um, and say it doesn't work because, you know, one, because it's different too, because they've got to do things differently in terms of charging the vehicle and things like that and, and know where charging can, can take place. Because if you've only ever driven a petrol or diesel vehicle and you've only ever turned up at the, the petrol station to get your fuel, 
you may not have ever even noticed those funny looking little boxes with a cable on the side um, that will will power your vehicles up. So, you know, it, you go into it with a lot of trepidation. So I think getting them on side in the first place is going to be critical to a successful transition, which will ultimately benefit both the business and the driver. Well, OK, well, let's pick up on that transition then. So I, a lot of the really big fleets I know are well advanced on their journey to complete electrification of their uh, of their fleets by anywhere between 2025 and 2030, it seems. But there's yeah. a lot of smaller businesses who don't really know what to start. They haven't started on that. They've maybe got a small fleet of, of diesel <laughs> vans. What, what should they be thinking about? What are the challenges they need to think about now in order to transition as a smaller fleet to electric vans yeah i think i think smaller fleets are slightly more challenged than the larger fleets larger fleets tend to have very predictable um, journeys and routes and mileage uh, they also have a professional team of, of fleet managers and and probably you know experienced uh, board members finance execs facilities people all of those um stakeholders that are, are needed for this uh, for this transition so i think smaller businesses and you know if i take my own experience of, of stepping into business for myself there are a lot of questions that you, you don't know the answer to because you you've come from a business where you've got four or five board members that all are different experienced in different areas and, and of course maybe you're not and the reality is you need help and it, there's a lot of help out there both online and, and you know, potentially people can come and talk you through some of that that process. But you need to engage <clears throat> with a wider stakeholder base. You need to be starting talking to things like landlords. Um, and you might say, why would I talk to my landlord? Well, I'm going to talk to my landlord because I need to think about charging. Charging is the first thing that we need to consider because we are now going to be putting in our own charging points. We're not going to be relying on um, the fuel station down the road, we're going to be putting charging infrastructure potentially in our own in our own premises, in our own car park. And, and we would do that because we would be in the maximum control of our own destiny when it comes to charging, because charging out in the public domain at the moment is still um, somewhat of a, a bit of a concern uh, because you can't always guarantee that you can get on the charge points and then you can't always guarantee in all cases that they're working so there are challenges with the public charging network it's okay for most of the time and it's okay for the fact that you're in a car but when you're in a van there are a lot of other challenges you need to consider so getting control of your charging experience is one of the first things that you could could and should do almost even before you think about vehicles you know can i charge whatever i buy yes that's that's the first answer that you've got to come up with um, and then you can start thinking about the vehicles and and when you start to think about the vehicles, then it's considering the data behind what you're doing. And I'm not a great fan of data. I'm a great fan of insight that data is essential for. But um, because I'm not I'm, I wouldn't count myself the most detailed of people. So I enjoy the opportunity for um, to take data, have it digested and, and then to turn out an answer for me that says, these were the routes that you've done. This is how much time you, you know, how many miles that you've done. This is where you've been. Oh, and by the way, if you put a charger here, then it would uh, enable you to get additional charge or this is the place where the vehicles spend the most time. 
So all of those things then start to get considered. But whatever you do, whatever, however you feel about the electric um, electric vehicles out there and, and this whole transition, it's key to just get started, to start dipping your toe in the water, to get demonstration vehicles, to engage with your drivers, to find champions within your business um, that may be really positive about electric vehicles and, and will help you in your own transition because they've perhaps got an electric vehicle or a member of the family that's got an electric vehicle. What, what we've seen, of course, from the big fleets is that um, there's a lot more people now um, that are van drivers, sparkies, electric, you know, sparkies, chippies, but that are working within big organizations like Mighty or British Gas that, that, that then can kind of share their experiences as well. So we're seeing this cascade of experience coming into the into the van world. And I think more and more people are waking up to it so that you might find champions that are really able to help. Yeah, and the, the stakeholder in, involvement is key, whatever mm. you're doing, but especially helpful in, in this, I guess. Um, yeah. You get uh, as much information from as many people as you can who, who, who've used electric vehicles or can help you understand what the challenge, how to meet some of the challenges. Now, I, I started that last point by sort of assuming that everybody would be on this would want to be on this transition to electrification but are electric vans right for for everything or is there um sort of still well, uh, you, you might find this strange to hear me say but it's a definite no on that that case i mean whilst we have a lot of uh solutions for uh, van users out there many use cases are already very much sorted and that you would you know you would think well why didn't i do this sooner but there are also use cases where there is a real challenge uh, towing is one of those use cases where you you're towing in civils or construction so if you're a, a small civils company and you're using your van to move your diggers um, that's not going to be uh, an ideal scenario for you because there is no uh, vehicles on the road currently that can tow at considerable weight so, and by considerable, I mean over 1500 kilos, that's the maximum currently available. So that counts out quite a lot of um, small businesses. They're the, those areas that, where they're multi-using the vehicle. So many times it'll go out without anything being towed behind it and 90% and of the time it'll be fine, but it won't do those critical jobs at those critical times, which means that you, you, you can't really justify going to um, an electric vehicle unless you take the blank canvas approach and really get back to basics and say how do i do my business is there another way that i can get that digger to the site or is there another way that i can do a particular job you know but particularly long trunking so if you're doing 350 400 miles in a day it wouldn't be my recommendation to, to be thinking electric just yet because it is a challenge unless you have considerable amounts of time that said, you know, with um, with the public charging improving, you can take time out of your day to have a break, and you should be taking time out to have a break, as I'm sure driving for better business would advocate would be, you know, a decent break during the day of 45 minutes. But if, if you had a 45 minute break in a day and you were beside a charger, that would be um, the ideal. And you would be able to get topped up and you would get certainly another 100 miles um, available from your from your vehicle that may already do 180 
um, because there are decent ranged vehicles on the market, but it's not enough for some. So there is a lot of vehicles out there, but definitely a no to say, is everything sorted? Um, one of the key things that driving for better business espouses, I guess, is is the better management of those who drive for work because of the business benefits that come from that. So a lot of what we're about is, is getting people to manage, understand and manage those risks better. And in a traditional vehicle, those risks have predominantly been, I guess, the driver's ability to to check the vehicle and and make sure it's roadworthy before they go out uh, and then to competently use it in, in a safe manner so with with electric vehicles what what are the differences as far as vehicle checks go and and what what, what driver training is needed to to sort of effectively use an electric vehicle yeah it's a great question and and um you know, an electric vehicle is simply uh, an ICE vehicle or internal combustion engine vehicle with the engine taken out and the fuel tank taken out and a motor put in and a battery put in. You know, that's basically the difference. Um, obviously, there's a there's a few electrical bits and pieces that, that sort of connect it all up and a charge point rather than a filler cap and other bits and pieces. So there are a lot of things around a van that are exactly the same. So you, you, very important to still be checking your tires and, and actually arguably more so um, because your tires, um, they, all of the vans, the electric vans on the market are typically higher powered than their ICE counterparts, the, the vehicles that, that we used to use. Um, diesel vehicles don't have the same amount of power delivery from really from the, the moment you put your foot on the accelerator. So tires are definitely an area to keep a focus on because the, the, there is potential for higher tire wear. So you'd want to be checking that. Um, uh, you, you know, you would check everything else as you normally would your washer fluid. Um, you'd check all your lights and your uh, glass or the, or the mirrors around about, you would make sure that you do all of your normal daily checks. You just don't have to do the oil anymore, which has got to be a good thing, right? Um, the, the, your, your version of the oil is to check that you've got enough range to do your day's work to make sure that the vehicle's charged. And maybe you would want to make sure that you've got your charging cable, because obviously if you go out and about, there are some charges where the, the rapid charges that you have, uh, have cables fixed. But if you turn up a, a customer and they've said, yes, you can use, um, or another delivery site, you can use the on-site charging, um, you might need your cable. So just having your cable, making sure that the charge port is has not been damaged or something like that. So just making sure that your vehicle is going to be able to function while you're out and about if, if you need to charge. Those are the key things. And other than that, I mean, obviously driver training, this is a fabulous opportunity to really engage a driver with driver training because they're approaching something that they haven't done before. They're approaching a new way of doing things. So actually, this might be a time where your driver is more receptive to driver training and getting the best out of the vehicle than they were before. I, you know, I know how to drive a diesel vehicle. I've been doing it all my life. I can do all of this and they know it all. But you put them in a, an environment where they're not quite so certain, they're not quite so sure. You can school them right at the beginning and give them an opportunity to really absorb um you know better safer driving that uh, is, is typically synonymous with electric driving um 
a lot of driver training opportunities previously would have been um, uh, implemented on the basis of things like telematics data from, from sure. systems that were, were in a traditional diesel van. Mm. Is the same sort of data available in, a, in an electric van? Do telematic systems still work or do, are in them or do they have their own sort of data? So um, working with telematics companies, uh, what you realize is that the the vehicles, the electric vehicles themselves are a little bit different than their internal combustion engine counterparts. They're working on different protocols. So whereas uh, you used to be able to just plug into the OBD and a lot of data would be getting, would be being able to taken from the vehicle, it's not quite as easy anymore. So for, for some reason, the manufacturers have taken an opportunity because they don't have to have an OBD because it was, uh, there was some safety protocols that, that are no longer relevant. They've taken the opportunity to do their own thing and go off piste, if you like. So um, more reverse engineering has to happen. Now, there is some incredible data that you can take from electric vehicles, certainly around battery and how it charges and whether it's charging or not. All of the usual driver behavior type of things like, you know, hard acceleration, braking, um, how they corner and so on. Um, all of that information is still there because typically it's available in the device. Now, what we do know is that manufacturers are very keen to um, create their own data streams. So they are looking at ways of, of putting data into the vehicle. Certainly Ford are doing that currently. And um, a number of other major manufacturers are focused. I mean, Mercedes have done it for some years now, but of course it will be more important in electric vehicles as well. Um, so they're trying to sort of take the data and and sell it in in a way to the the wider market. So the, broadly speaking, the data is available, and certainly for the driver behaviour piece, it's definitely available. But it is different, and there are things that are changing. Um, and I think the uh, typical uh, telematics providers will become data management companies, more sort of you know taking the data in from whatever source and and then begin beginning to do the science on the data so that they can produce the insight for the industry that we need in terms of drivers and performance of vehicles and so on like that um excellent now the one of the things that's topical at the moment obviously is the cost of fuel uh, and energy yeah. we've got fuel yeah. at record prices um and the cost of energy is going up as well um yeah. largely from events sort of going on around the world is that is that a transitory thing and how does that affect any financial decisions um from a switch to ice to electric vehicles yeah well, you mentioned the ev cafe earlier and um we did a session when 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 obviously the price caps went up for domestic energy and the, the, all the noise from uh, the, the ridiculous situation going on, ridiculous and horrific situation going on in, in Russia and Ukraine. It's all of those things are beginning to impact the, the cost of both energy and fuel. And I mean, it's a, it's a twofold tragedy in the sense that all the prices are going up, therefore everybody is affected um, both, you know, at all levels of society. So whether you're in business or whether you're, um, private individual, you're being affected by these these in increases in the cost of living. Um, so fuel going up and electric going up means that the gap is still there, still significant. The gap in when you're paying for public charging 
versus um, versus fuel is is narrowing, but generally speaking, the cost of uh, per mile fuel electric vehicle versus your per mile for a diesel vehicle is definitely considerably less and makes that total cost of ownership argument still um, stack up broadly speaking. So I think that the total cost of ownership is something that people are really gonna have to get their heads around because you're gonna be paying more in the short term for the vehicle. Um, I think that will change over the course of the next um, two, three years, potentially maybe even four, but in the meantime, what you'll see is that the cost of energy will um, mitigate the overall cost of running that vehicle. Also, we, as we talked about, the reduction in accidents, um, the driver well-being. Uh, I think people will will be less um, less off work. I mean, there's there's a lot of soft benefits, but the other key benefit when we're thinking about the total cost model, you know, bearing in mind energy is going up. Yes, it is, and but fuel is also going up as well. The, the cost might be narrowing there but the other benefit is downtime one is the scourge of every fleet manager downtime really impacts a business and can cost a business quite significantly i was uh, talking recently um at an event and asked the question of the room you know what is the cost of downtime now many times even fleet managers don't know what the cost of downtime is but one lady in the room uh, looked up immediately and said it cost me 300 pounds per day for un for planned downtime and 1500 pounds a day for unplanned downtime so downtime has a significant cost averages can be you know around 750 800 pounds much research behind that and the, you know it's a very common sort of number which is possibly surprising but when you can reduce downtime because you know the maintenance levels of of electric vehicles is much lower fact they don't have an engine they only have a few moving parts rather than thousands um, makes a massive difference and in both time and cost so when you've got that whole cost of ownership not just focusing on the fuel it makes a, a really uh, big difference to your cost model when you're looking at an electric vehicle i, I think that's a fantastic point to uh finish that discussion on uh, Paul I think that's one of the key benefits certainly a lot of the fleet managers I talk to off-road time and downtime is, is the biggest thing so um, just a, a final question for you um, mm. what what would be the first steps you'd recommend for any fleet manager who or business owner who, who's looking to start this switch to electric vans well, I, I would say that you could get a really good consultant. My website address is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it, but it, it, I would look around for help in your peer group, first of all, because the, the community of um, fleet managers and the community around electric vehicles is a very friendly place, I would say. And, and I, I mean that genuinely. Um, I think there is a lot of help out there and a lot of people willing even Lorna, people like Lorna, just um, reaching out to Lorna and asking questions. And then once you've asked those questions, begin to look at what vehicles that you have currently, what they do, try and get some data on those journeys, understand, you know, what your longest journeys are, or your shortest journeys, and begin to build up a, a really clear understanding of what your fleet does today. Understand what it needs to do tomorrow and engage your drivers early on because they will be really good advocates and then just try some vehicles 
Um, where possible, try some vehicles where you can also get a good experience on the charging. Charging is key. Making uh, charging a part of the plan is, is essential and engage with the wider business. Make sure that you've got all your stakeholders around the table and on board with the project. But it's a friendly place where uh, there's a lot of uh, insight and information out there on this transition. Um, and if you're unsure, just reach out, reach out to somebody that, that, that can give you some brief advice or maybe support you long term in that transition. I think that's excellent advice. And I will put uh, links in the show notes to both the EV Cafe uh, and the EV Essentials website. And, and I guess anyone who would like any more sort of advice from you or, or to get in touch, they could contact you through LinkedIn. Uh, they can indeed. Yeah, LinkedIn's a, a great platform. And I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that I answer the messages that I get there. So if you've got a question, do feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy. Fantastic. I've really enjoyed that conversation, Paul. It's been fascinating. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure, Simon. Thanks for reaching out. If you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast, there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website, and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released. And please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.